Hello, and welcome to the Sutra Side Talk Backlog Special number eight, the Dry Heat episode. That's what we're titling it this time, because uh, you know what's funny? It's not here where there's dry heat. We just still have fog, if anything. But everyone else that I talk to that's not in San Francisco are all sending me like, it's 90 degrees, it's 100 Dude, degrees over I love here. how like a week ago, El Paso Brandon was like, it's like over 100 degrees in here. I'm dying. Everyone's dying. They can't and do it. Like, like they're straight up. They can't do anything. And then today he's like, oh, nice rain. It's great here. Meanwhile, we're in a drought and I'm yeah. like, can we get some of that rain though? Like the Southeast and the South just have all this fucking rain. And we're over here like, oh, our agriculture is drying out. Could we, um, could we get yeah. something? It'd be nice before you run out of water supplies and whatnot. But yeah, this is Sutra Side Talk our weekly gaming movie TV show news podcast where we talk about select news as well as what we've been watching and playing. But of course, this is our monthly backlog special that we're doing until we run out of a backlog. And we are just doing what we've been playing and watching. Uh, No news, of course, in this episode. Uh, At this point, if this is coming out on Wednesday, July 7th, that means that you've already gotten episode 106 out. uh, So that's there. Uh, but this is our June special, and I believe later on this week there'll be a new episode of Up to It, Down to It, where we talk about Dungeons and Dragons. So that should be fun Ooh, for you wait, guys. We got a we, what? No, the the, the, the game. Bo- okay, the, the actual Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> I got my wires game. crossed. I thought you said Sutra Sidewatch for a second. No, no, Sidewatch will. Th- there's no Sidewatch this week because this is taking the place of that because we don't have an episode uh, right. for this one. But uh, yeah, we're just gonna be going through our. Uh, list of things we've been watching and playing that have been stacking up and uh the the way been we've been doing it because i've got currently on my list eight games and 21 movies slash tv shows and james you got like three things i have like three things that aren't also on your list or like things that we're waiting off on so that you can also watch it like new mutants yeah but I, like part of the problem is that like a lot of the stuff that I've been watching recently has been like episodic shit on Disney Plus, and it's just mm. like I don't want to talk about like just the first three episodes of Loki or yeah no there's already a, there's a mid season trailer I'm like but dude it's not usually you do a trailer or for a mid season if there's a finale and it's a premiere like they took a break for like two or three months and then they come back with the other half of the yeah. season this one's like one week later here's the trailer for more. <laughs> And same for uh, the Bad Batch. I'm, it's like midway through that season, and I, it's, it'd be weird to talk about like a half a season of a show. But once so. it's done, we'll once and either the of these shows are done, you know, we'll, we'll if their episode. I mean, that show will probably be in the title of whatever episode we're talking about because we'll yeah. probably go like in on it, like we did with uh, WandaVision and uh, Captain Falcon and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's let's dive right into it, and I, I'm gonna started off i've been doing the process of uh one game in two movies or shows and then i, I switch it off just because the, the damn ratio yeah. <laughs> uh i'm hoping though because like i said eight games 21 movies tv shows i should get well under 20 hopefully for the shows and stuff and nearing five for the games so we're getting there and i'm currently playing the last of us part two so that should take some time i'm trying to platinum that on hard right. plus so I, I should buy me some time there to not add more to the list here. But uh, with that said, first game I want to talk about, James. It's a small game. Smallest game I've ever played, uh, known as Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And 
I can't remember how many episodes ago I talked about Origins. And it was a while I finally, ago at this point. I was trying to get it out of the way because I was afraid. I was very afraid because I was at that point where I was playing uh, Odyssey, I believe. And I didn't want the games to mix in my memories together yeah. like i start like not knowing which one i'm talking about anymore because both are so big but odd okay i remember playing origins and origins was pretty big it was like the biggest assassin's creed game i've ever played and it's like oh it's the origin of the assassins and i'm like oh, okay cool it's fine it's whatever like it, it was cool i like the combat and the like the level progression system it was it was fine but like it after recently playing the Ezio trilogy before it i was like i still prefer the older games because they they were very um, specific to being an assassin game. Yeah, I liked the. Well, granted, I haven't played any of the newer RPG style ones, but like I, I personally really like stealth games, and it really turned me off. And I, all I heard about Origins and Odyssey was that like they're fun open world games, but you don't really feel like an assassin anymore, and the stealth is kind of like second, like the whatever. stealth feels like it is. Um... It, it definitely doesn't feel like it's your strength that you're like, dude, this is going to, this just isn't, it doesn't feel worth it mm. in this one. Like, you're just like, dude, I'm just going to run in and fucking kill people. Like, there's no point. Like, you don't feel that feeling of wanting to run around and be hella stealthy in it. They, they make Damn. it so it's not this really friendly cool. to it. Yeah. And especially in Odyssey. Okay. So Odyssey, you know, they come out with origins and it's like, oh, this is the origins of the assassins. Cool. Odyssey. You're like, oh, what, what time is this going to take place? It's before origins. Wait, so oh it's before God, the assassins yeah yeah so it's like uh pre so weird yeah and origins okay i want i want you guys to think about the time origins as is at the end of the ptolemaic period where it's like cleopatra and you have julius caesar and stuff and caesar dies at like the end of origins and whatnot so it's at that point and you know it's like rome rome's in power everywhere yeah and it uh is very much after alexander the great you know, like they call him, it's the great king when they find his tomb in the game. In Odyssey, it's pre-Alexander the Great. What? Yeah, so it's it's uh, it's uh after the invasion of Persia, like Persia's, God, it's so post like history. the defense of Persian Empire. It is when it's the uh, uh, Peloponnesian War. It's the war between Sparta and Athens. And uh, it's, yeah, so it's in the middle of that. And you are, of course, Cassandra or Alexios. I chose to play Cassandra. And they are the grandchildren of uh, Leonidas on their mother's side. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. Like the the prologue is playing as Leonidas fighting against the Persians at the... uh, At the... uh, Shit, what's it? The the gates of... Fuck, how did I forget the name? I think it's the Hot Gate um but it's the it's the pass that the, the only way through yeah that's like the only thing i remember yeah there, there's like a specific part of it but i forgot what it's called but yeah and uh you you do that until like everyone dies because it's like oh yeah yeah it's the, the, the spartans don't win that shit they get fucking massacred yeah. and they hold up for a while but yeah it's like yeah. they were overwhelmingly crushed yeah yeah and later on you're like oh i'm, I'm cassandra if i you play as whatever and whichever one you choose to play as, the other sibling is like an infant, and the oracle's like, I announced to you that the the kid has to die, so throw him off a cliff or throw her off a cliff, and uh, <laughs> you stop them from doing it. They still drop your sibling, and then your oh father 
who is the wolf of Sparta. His name is like Nikolaus and he tosses you off after because they're like you like knocked another dude off too. And there's this whole thing where you're left for dead and uh, like you don't know where your family is and you get raised on um, some fucking island uh, next to Ithaca. <laughs> I forgot what it was called. See, this is why I wanted to get this done. It doesn't matter. The island's not important. You just know you're right next to Ithaca, uh, which of course was the home to Odysseus, uh, the man who is the main character in the Odyssey and whatnot. And it's actually funny, James. Uh, the second island you go to is Ithaca. And I go there and I'm like, bro, this is like, you can fit two houses on this fucking island. How is this a king? How is there a king here? Like, what What are you talking about? Uh, obviously, king you know, of there's the island. This, yeah, king of the island. And it was interesting seeing this island so small, yet this whole fucking game is insanely massive. Like the amount of islands and large land masses there are in this game are insane and i looked at it and i'm like fuck <laughs> this is a lot and i'm, I'm like out of curiosity let me look, look, look at the trophies is it is it platinumable if that's a word i don't think it is but whatever can i achieve a platinum for this game no no i cannot okay let's uh, i'm glad we've uh, i'm glad we've taken that off the board for myself uh, like why is it like just really tedious stuff tedious shit dude mm. uh so there's some stuff where it's like oh do all of these missions that have no they're not even side missions and they're not even related to the story it's just like random there's like okay there's your main story missions and then there's your side missions that affect certain characters and stuff and then there's just more missions they could be bounties they could be random other missions that do things for resources they could be ship missions or something and it's just all these ones that have no story and or if they are they're very like small and not important but it's just so many and i'm just like dude this is too much for me i don't want to be there that long I was there that long anyway, but uh, it, I can't even remember how many, at least over 100 hours I played, at Damn. least. I played a lot. It was a very long game because uh, going through it, you get your ship and another trophy is fully upgrade your ship. And, you know, you're going through the upgrades and you can get all these resources to upgrade your ship and like get more people on your crew and upgrade their weapons for your crew and upgrade just like the, the ship itself. And as you go higher, it wants certain resources that are much more harder to procure and also cost the regular resources uh, an insane amount to get like timber or pelts or some shit. I can't remember anymore, but it's so much so that by the end of the game, post DLC, if you didn't do those random missions, maybe... Uh, throughout the entire game that maybe get you more resources or something but aren't pertaining to the side missions or the story just more missions that just get you the resources and nothing more i uh, i still i don't think i fully upgraded one specific piece of the ship like it was just too much oh my god and if let's say if i had like all my resources saved up and i fully upgraded one piece like there was like oh you're just one away and it's just like the most expensive one to do that I would then have no more resources left and I'd have to build it all the way up again for all of the other ones that aren't even fully upgraded yet or aren't even at the last like piece. So the ship itself upgrading it is 
is just undesirable, completely undesirable. I did not want to do it. I'm like, dude, this is not going to be fun. It's just to that point. And obviously not important if you got through the game anyway. Yeah, it it basically involves you're going to be grinding random missions pretty much unless you want to just sail and look for fucking (laughs) look for a barrel in the sea that's like, quick, go up alongside it. It'll get you 20 wood. How much wood do we need for the upgrade? A thousand. Oh, fuck. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's like something like that. It's like something insane. And (laughs) and it's like that's not even the highest upgrade. That's just the third one. Is it one of those things where you could just like buy the resources through microtransactions? Yes. Oh, and guess what, James? If I spent a, a good amount, guess what? I still would need more. Oh my god. I would still need more for that motherfucking ship. And I was I was like, yo, this sucks ass. <laughs> and going okay, so that's the ship. Otherwise, the ship combat. Much fun. Very fun. I like when you're you're fighting these other ships. It's very much akin to Black Flag, you know, and yeah. Assassin's Creed 3. And instead, it's like, you know, you're you're on Tyremes and stuff. They're, they're not like these crazy caravels or frigates or anything like that. But you'll damage a ship to a certain point, and you can either, like, ram through it and destroy it, and you get some of its resources, or... Uh, which I really enjoyed this part. You can board the ship, and your guys will join up, join with you up there. If you have lieutenants with you, they'll join too. And you know your lieutenants, I believe, are impossible to kill. And your crew, you know, they'll keep respawning, so it's like not a problem. Like you might lose the amount had that aborted the ship, but otherwise, like you're not losing your crew when the battle is over. You still have like the same amount of crew and whatnot. But they really help you. And one thing I loved was the stupid Spartan kick, uh, which, you know, I'm calling it stupid just because oh, of the yeah. stuff you could do with it. So they give you the Spartan kick. And that. The, the thing was with all of the upgrades, like there's three different trees. I believe one was assassin stealth. And it's like, ah, fuck it. yeah, right. And one's like warrior shit. And one's like, I believe archery. And I upgraded the warrior one for the most part because I'm like, I'm just be a fucking Spartan. That's like, it, it seems like a game about Spartans. I'll be a Spartan. That's fine. And you're, there's a bunch of ones that are like passive upgrades or passive skills. And there's others that are like, oh, you have a skill. You have two little um, like skill bars and you're only allowed up to four skills per bar. One is for ranged and one is for up close. So one's archery and one's like uh, melee. And I think like the assassin stuff might, I forget if it's like, if it's still close up, it'll still share with the combat skills. So I made it entirely like full combat because I'm like, you know, I want very powerful attacks if I'm going to fight like bosses and stuff because some of them are pretty hard, honestly. Uh, One of them is the Spartan Kick, so I make sure that's fully upgraded. So you go on a ship and one thing you got to learn, you can swim. No one else can swim. <laughs> so all I had to do, and my Spartan kick regenerates pretty fast because of my upgrades for it. I go and I run to the boss on the ship, and I just go squatty la, and just <laughs> kick him off the boat, and he just goes flying. And you could just watch and look down, and he's just kind of struggling there. And you see, you know, he's a boss, so he has a lot of health. So oh. you're just watching it slowly drain from him, and you're like, "Oh my god, that's maybe I'll perfect. help you out a little bit. Shoot, shoot a few arrows at you while you're just in the water." But uh, it doesn't even matter. Like once they're in the water, if you've cleared the ship. And there's still dudes alive in the water. It's like, you did it. You killed everyone because they're dead either way. So you'd go and get the treasure chest, which give you more resources and other like gear and shit. Uh, 
uh that was so much fun and it was just so stupid just running up to people i wouldn't even i sometimes for certain ships i wouldn't even really like fight them i just run over and start kicking people off the ship i'd just be like let's see how far you go and sometimes they wouldn't actually fall off they'd like hit uh hit one of the railings or something else but some of the best ones was if I hit, kicked one dude and he just falls into another guy and they just both go careening off the ship and they're like, oh no, I've forgotten how to swim completely and I'm not sure why I'm speaking British when Greece. It's like, it's all that kind of stuff. It's weird, but it, it's, it's fucking hilarious. And then you get to, of course, the main story and James, you know, it's Assassin's Creed. So one thing Assassin's Creed does is it, it's in a specific historical period. And usually you get to interact with the characters, uh, people of history, right? Right. So in this one, <laughs> you get all of the philosophers. Interesting, I guess. So you get uh, Socrates. Uh, you get Socrates. <laughs> yeah, Socrates. Bill and Ted. Whoa. No, nice work, Socrates. Uh... Yeah, uh, you get him, you get uh, a bunch of others. I already forgot their I forgot their names now, shit. But uh, there's one that tries to fuck everything. Uh, and he's just like, oh, I love you so much. You wound me by not fucking me. And I'm like, I don't I don't want to have sex with you, sir. I'm, I'm good. And uh, which I will say my Cassandra was pretty bi. <laughs> like, I just feel like, hey, you woman over there. <laughs> I want you and I'm going to have you. And I'd be like, hey, you man over there. I want you and I'm going to have you. <laughs> But not him, not this dude. He was like always just trying to, he was like a total dude that would be like, I'm going to have an orgy. Would you like to join me? Like, nah, I just want to do this mission so I can leave. Uh, (laughs) That that would be fantastic. I want no part of these. uh, Your toga parties seem a little too much for me personally. But uh, otherwise, like all these characters are interesting. And then you get like the Spartan Kings. And there's two Spartan Kings, which I thought was interesting. And one of them, there, there's a whole plot. It's the uh, the order of the, it's the Cult of Cosmos. So okay. the Cult of Cosmos is a cult that kind of, ironically, it, it was kind of weird. It felt like they sort of had the same ideals as assassins a little bit, but otherwise they had, you know, they had um, a triangle piece of the precursors. Uh, oh, or the uh, yeah and they could you could like peer into it and you like infiltrate one of their missions and that's where you meet your brother if you're cassandra or, like your sibling and it turns out they didn't die and they were actually stolen by the cult of cosmos and that's why they were thrown off the cliff in the first place and they're turned into their champion so now your main enemy is your sibling oh interesting yeah and it, it you know if you're alexius it'll be cassandra if you're cassandra yeah. it's gonna be alexius and I, I can't even imagine what it was like to have Cassandra at it because Alexius is just like always hella aggressive and he's like, oh, I'm the champion. And I'm just like trying to imagine Cassandra's voice actor doing the same thing. <laughs> or if it's like slightly, you just, because I, I was so used to Cassandra and she's like somewhat controlled. I'm like, would she be this chaotic if she's on the other side? Like the idea too, that the voice actor and voice actress for these characters basically recorded for two different, storylines entirely uh in terms of the main story dialogues and stuff like uh they're recording the same lines but for opposites so yeah. like interesting yeah and it, it that, that part was really cool i i did like that 
I do know, of course, that originally this game was intended to be purely one gender. It was supposed to just be yeah. Cassandra was supposed to be the main character. That's and why I chose her as well. Execs at Ubisoft were like, no one will ever buy a game that's just got a female on it. Forget yeah. about Tomb Raider or anything. Apparently. So this is apparent. Apparently from polls, it looks like majority people played Alexios, but everyone I know has played Cassandra. Same. So I'm like, I don't, I don't know who played as Alexios. I really don't know. Like from what and, I heard, and this might just be subjective, but like supposedly Cassandra's voice acting was actually better than Alexios's too. But I don't know. I can't really tell. Well, I, I can't I say because I haven't played it yet. Yeah, I don't know if it because he he in this one he just sounded like a weird Bill. He's like ah, blah, 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 blah. and I'm like okay, and I'm like he probably sounds different if he plays him. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure. picturing him as the Randy Marsh. <laughs> you know, in certain parts, I you know it's like the ba- it, it felt like the baseball game <laughs> where he got drunk and he's like, hey, well, yeah, yeah. that was America. That's like that's like Alexius is in a few things no where he starts picking. He just picks fights with people and shit, but uh, like. You're going through everything. Like you're trying to find your mother. Uh, your brother is the antagonist. You in the beginning actually find your father who tried who basically tried to kill you, and you find him, and you're like, "Do I kill this guy?" And it turns out you have a stepbrother because he basically adopted and raised this dude, who mm. is for all intents and purposes like his son, just non biologically. So you have this sort of new brother, kind of, and you could choose whether or not you want to kill your father, and it does give you these choices. So like you choose in the end of the game you can have your entire family alive or you could have some of your family alive or everyone's dead like there's that's a a, very different outcome (laughs) yes because you have your adopted brother you have your real brother you have your mother and you have your uh turns out to be uh stepfather because it turns out nicolaus wasn't actually your dad and you're like what the fuck and he's like yeah go search for your mom even though i'm the one that trained you and raised you like uh, until i threw you off a cliff so raised you for like you know like eight years or whatever but your father is like a whole different story first you just go for look for your mom and she's like doing this stuff for certain spartans and stuff and you start teaming up with her and they're like oh we got to stop the cult of cosmos we got to save your brother and all this shit and you learn that your father is the guardian of Atlantis, and he's what? yeah, uh, Pythagoras, I believe, Pythagoras, uh, like Pythagorean theorem. Yeah, it's like that guy. Huh. And he's guarding Atlantis, and he's like hella old. He's like, oh yeah, uh, me and her mother like did all this stuff, but I'm like actually pretty fucking ancient. They're like, yeah, I thought this dude was dead. And he's like, yeah, no, I just aged really long because I held the staff, and because of the staff, I lived a very long life. And so like, there's this whole shit where you're. Uh, working with your father sealing Atlantis, you're working with your mom to like basically fight the cult of Cosmos. So you have like kind of different storylines. One is like the main Odyssey, one is like Atlantis and all this other shit. And there's different other aspects of the game. Like there's uh, territories. So all the islands not- are broken up into specific territories and either the Athenians or the Spartans rule them. And you can help basically dismantle it. There's like political leaders you can kill and whatnot. Resources you can destroy. And it'll cause a giant battle. And you can choose like. uh, If you don't interfere. Then one side will win. And either the territory stays to whoever was holding it. Or the invading force takes over. And now it's kind of. That whole area was reset. 
and if it's reset uh you kind of got to start over with like killing people and whatnot but it's like a a whole new territory grab kind of uh but if you do join the battle uh if you are on the defending side it's kind of like you get less of a reward but it's easier because there's more troops if you're invading uh it's gonna be harder but you get a better reward for it so you can kind of choose which one to do and i could go to one territory and fight for athens i could go to another territory and fight for sparta so it differs depending on what it's going on but either way, if you're doing shit against them, if it's not on that battlefield, you'll get, like, bounties put on you. Huh. And uh, there's actually a whole line, I believe. It wasn't like this in Origins. Because uh, in Origins, there were, like, weird champions that could find you and kill you that you could take out. But it was a limited number of them that, that were there. And you, like, could just kill them all. There's like, six or something, if I remember correctly. In Odyssey... You are a mercenary, like you're called uh, Mystios, which is like, I guess, Greek for mercenary. Mm. And all these other mercenaries, there's basically a whole like line and rankings of all these mercenaries. And one of them will come after you if there's a bounty. And the higher your bounty goes, maybe you could get up to like three or five of them on your ass, depending on what's going on. You could like see when they're coming near you. There'll be like a horn that's like, and it's like mercenary approaching. Interesting. And you can either hide and try to get out of the area, or I could be like, I could be in the middle of infiltrating a base, taking it from the inside, trying to do stealth, and then they find out where I am, and then I'm like, all right, fuck it, I'm going to fight these dudes, and I'm like taking them out, but there's like a captain, I'm trying to fight them. All of a sudden, fucking spear hits me, and I'm like, what the fuck? Mercenary comes out of nowhere, and I'm like, oh, fucking shit, so now I got another mercenary to deal with along with the actual garrison of troops, and I'm just like, oh my god. <laughs> so they, the mercenaries would make it so annoying because you got to kill like political figures or other people to get your bounty level lower or just pay it off and at certain points i was just so done where i'm like it's not even worth upgrades for the ship i'm just gonna pay off these bounties i'd rather pay off these bounties it's like more worthwhile uh overall uh the story itself was really cool i did like it it brings up like this cool running of cassandra's life as you go through it different characters you meet how weird it is to keep meeting the same fucking philosophers all over the place. And they're like, oh, Cassandra, while you're here, can you do a mission? Or like, hey, you want to answer questions for me? And uh, you're like, yeah, sure. Uh, fuck. Uh, I hate your questions, though, because it's like philosophy. So they're like, well, is this right? Or is this wrong? And I'm like, dude, I'm gonna be honest. I just want to stab things. Uh, I don't want to deal with your, your thinking here right now. Uh, Socrates, it's it's really annoying. But it's it's cool. And overall, it's a really, really cool Greek his like Greek historical like Greek period piece game, like a Greek period piece RPG. It's really awesome, awesome. It's a really bad Assassin's Creed game. It's like really not Assassin's Creed at all. I'm like, how the, f the like if you took off and just called the game Odyssey and just made it a Greek game without the Assassin's Creed stuff, it would have been. I would actually say it would have been better, honestly. Damn. Uh, That's yeah. Unfortunate. I. It's just yeah. They just they they can't seem to get the assassin part right or the creed part right. It's just like mercenary. The game Greece kill shit, and you're like okay cool. And I actually did good though at least in my ending. I got the entire family together. So it literally ends with like family dinner in sparta and like your your stepfather's there your mom's there your brother and your adopted brother are there and then they start wrestling for some reason i forget why 
and you're just kind of like malaka which is like if i remember correctly it's like fuck in uh in greek so everyone's always like malaka 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 and they all it's all that's one word i learned from that fucking game was malaka and mystios like those are the two main things i learned uh but they say it a lot it's either like it's like fuck or darn it or some shit but i'm pretty sure it's it's, it's i'm pretty sure it's fuck or like fucker uh i'm pretty sure but overall i, I, was, I was getting tired at like near the end i'm like okay i'm finally done it it seems like it's over i think i've gotten it pretty much like i'm set and then i'm looking at these other missions besides i did all the side missions and i did all the main story missions and i feel like complete i look at the uh maybe some areas i'm missing that are like small or uh the random missions that don't really mean anything besides like resources for your ship and shit i'm like you know what? i'm good i think i will finally get to the dlc and there's two dlcs there is um I believe it's called Bloodlines. Uh, I think it's called Bloodlines. And the other one is called uh, Fate of Atlantis. So Bloodlines is was my favorite one. So you meet the creator of the Hidden Blade, Darius. And he is actually the one that assassinated King Xerxes, uh... And afterwards, I believe Xerxes is supposed to be the one that uh, it was the one that invaded Sparta or invaded Greece. Uh, so you kill that Xerxes or he Darius killed that Xerxes. And then he tried to actually kill his either son or brother. I, I think it was his bro, his son. Uh, he was like his name is Artaxerxes. And you actually meet him in the game earlier in the vanilla game. And he's like this blind dude that's in like a city. And he's like, I always wanted to see these places, but I'm blind and I can't see. Could you like go find them and like come back and tell me how they are? Interesting. And you do. And you come back and he's like, oh yeah, my father was Xerxes. And she's like, oh, my grandfather was Leonidas. And he's like, oh yeah, well, I was going to do good things for my country. But then I was nearly assassinated. So I fleed here. And oh, these guys are here to kill me. Could you like help me? And you could choose actually to let them die. Or to uh, kill him yourself, or to save him. So I chose to save him because, of course, also I'm Persian, so I don't want right. to let that dude die. Uh, and I'm like, he's the king of Persia. <laughs> save his ass. So I got to save him, and I wish he was in the DLC because uh, the guy that tried to kill him is in the DLC, Darius, and his son is there, Nathakis. And depending on uh, who you are, if it's Alexios, it's I believe his daughter. But otherwise, if you're Cassandra, it's Natakis. And it's supposed to be like, oh, my sister and my other siblings and my mother are all dead. Like, they were all killed off by the uh, current king of Persia. They've been hunting us down because it's not really Persia itself. They sought to free Persia from the, uh, what was it called? Uh, was it the Hidden Ones? Or was it the, crap, Order of the Ancients. That's what they were called. And that was the Order of the Ancients were the uh, precursors to the Templars. So it has that okay. crossover. So it's them pre Odyssey or pre uh, Origins because they're the uh, these are the villains in Origins, and you're seeing what they're like in Persia first. So they haven't gotten to Egypt yet. They're like coming there eventually, uh, which was cool. And you basically work through like three chapters with them to a point where actually I think by the end of the second chapter, you and Natakas actually have a kid, and I believe actually people. 
I want to say people complained about this DLC because they're like, no, my character is gay or like, uh, yeah. is like a certain thing, and they wouldn't like have a kid with this guy or have a kid with this woman, depending on who you're playing as. And I had to bring up one important point, James, which is it's ancestors in history. Yeah, it's kind of like central to the whole series. I don't think they use turkey basters. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm just, I, I thought about it, and I'm just like, dude, people have way too much time to complain about this shit. <laughs> like, I can't believe this. But uh, I I thought it was really cool. And, like, it's pretty much according to history, too, if you think about it. Like, Alexander the Great, gay, had a wife, had a kid. Like, that's how it was back then. That's history. Also, <laughs> it seemed like the Greeks just, like, were much more open with, like, having different, like, relationships like oh yeah no there, like like i said there was one of the philosopher guys who was basically the todd from scrubs where he goes down that hall and he's like yeah i had sex with her yeah. and him and him and her and him <laughs> like it was the, it was that kind of guy like they're they're just like oh okay whatever uh, uh yeah so it ends up though like your what who becomes your husband dies uh because the uh order of the ancients comes and attacks again and they steal your kid and you go through like this whole process to get him back and you finally do and kill like the guy who turns out to be Darius's best friend uh, was the guy that did all this shit and it ends with like they'll never be safe they have your lineage and because you're like you have a strong bloodline plus it's like Darius's kid too or Darius's grandkid so it has both of their blood as long as they have your special blood which I forgot what the blood was called it was like the chosen blood kind of like the ones that still have the bleeding effect I think it was like that bloodline, basically. You know how like Desmond has it where he could see shit? Yeah. And the other assassins? It's like that. Um, so it ends with like Darius taking your kid. And this is where it got cool, actually. Darius takes your kid and it has this cool little montage of them leaving Greece. And their boat pulls up to Egypt. And it shows like the Darius and walking with the baby down like the slope towards like some part of egypt and as he's walking you start seeing like the construction of like the sphinx or like other you know like egypt is like cairo or thebes or whatever is growing and shit and it turns from like him holding the baby to him with a kid and then him with a bigger kid and then just the kid and then you see it's a different assassin and then a different assassin and then a different assassin and then it ends with someone from origins and it's aya oh interesting so aya is a descendant of cassandra and i was like oh, oh that's actually kind of dope i like that okay. i like that part at least that, that was pretty cool yeah th- th- that's why i like legacy that's what it's called legacy of the first play that was what the the dlc was called and that's why i liked it so much because that was the most assassin's creed part of the game and i definitely i think like this more than everything else like this is probably my favorite part just because you're getting at least an actual an assassin in it and he was actually cool. I really fucking liked Darius. And it made me want a Persian Assassin's Creed game or a Prince of Persia Assassin's Creed. Like, give me something. Give me yeah, fucking... that would be super cool. Yeah, give, give me a cool Prince of Persia Assassin's Creed game where you straight up use, like, the Apple of Eden to, like, do shit with time. Like, that would be perfect. That makes perfect sense. That would be so dope. That would make sense as a cool crossover. And it still doesn't take away from the world that you're already in for that kind of thing. Like, I think that would be really dope. But uh then there was more dlc james oh the fate of atlantis and that drained 
the fucking shit out of me. Because it's like, okay, Legacy of the First Blade takes place in areas you've already been in. So you can just fast travel back and forth. It's fine. It's easy. Fate of Atlantis, each chapter is a completely different place. And it's like, oh, you better go explore all of it. And I'm like, dude, there's, I, I don't like any. <laughs> I don't want to, though. It's boring. There's nothing here. It's just like random shit. And the enemies attack you annoyingly. And it's just annoying god shit. And it's a simulation within a simulation. So you're simulating Cassandra's life. Cassandra is simulating what Atlantis was like. With like the gods and people and shit. Huh. and yeah so it's really weird because it's like a uh, crap what are they called the the precursor people they're like starting with an i or a j or something uh but like the whole thing is they live in atlantis so atlantis is a mix of like humans and then those people so like remember like juno and uh minerva the ones from like the desmond games where yeah. it shows them like talk to Desmond and they have, they have like gold plates around them and stuff. There's like gold lacing their bodies. Yeah, it's the same thing in like... this. Oh wait, not not so not the god characters, but like the precursor humans. The Isu, that's what they're called. The Isu. Oh, okay. Yeah, so the god people. So they live in Atlantis, the god people. And all the like the mythological gods are actually Isu the whole time. So Hades, Isu uh persephone isu uh fucking poseidon isu they're all isu and you work with a bunch of different ones depending on where you are and it ends with like oh you go first to the nice heaven place and try to gain entrance to hell or something and you do that and then you get to hell and it's like cool now do whatever trial you need for hades because you like fucked up and killed arab uh cerebus and stuff also, some of your friends that died are here, and you can kind of help them find their closure and whatnot, in which, like, oh, you're cool. One of you, there was a really cool Spartan. I think his name was, uh, I already forgot his name, but uh, it started with a B, and he dies from, your brother kills him, and you feel really bad, and you're like, it turns out he did some fucked up shit in the very beginning, like he killed a village, he murdered, like, a village, so this whole time though you know him like he wasn't like that so you're like is it good or bad to leave him in hell and i'm like well he still did it so i guess you leave him in hell and he becomes like a guardian of hell or like he helps people and stuff that lose their way there and which uh it's tataris you know is the greek version of hell so you're like going through that but overall like it ends with you getting to atlantis with poseidon he's like oh you're my new champion just like govern the place and then you're like it needs to be destroyed <laughs> by the end of it and they're like cool let's destroy atlantis and then you leave the simulation and you're like that was crazy and then the ec there is like hey cassandra you have to stay here you have the staff you have to stay here until uh layla hassan the character like the desmond character from origins and odyssey gets to you to this entrance to atlantis so like in the vanilla game you find cassandra and she's like oh yeah i'm still alive uh-huh. <laughs> it's modern day and i'm still alive the staff has kept me alive this whole time Cassandra's walking out in a fucking suit like she's in she's decked out like a businesswoman and once you hand the staff you basically die so she hands the staff to like Layla and then kills over Templars come to attack Layla you kill them off you kill also one of your allies because Layla's lost her fucking marbles and then the game ends and it's like oh Valhalla's next and that's like the whole thing and I just remember basically overall being like okay main game pretty awesome 
but too long. It's exhausting. And I wish it was shorter. There's too much in it to the point where it's like, oh, you know, maybe if this is the only game you ever played, maybe that'd be cool. But otherwise, it's just such a it's such a fucking chore. Uh, and then the first DLC really liked it. Really awesome. Second DLC did not like it at all. Was just forcing myself to grind through it to finish it because it felt like it was taking longer than it needed to be uh, to get the points across for what you're trying to do in the game. Uh, but it's fine. Like, I thought it was a cool game. It definitely wasn't like this is 2018. It wasn't something that could beat God of War, Spider-Man or any of these other like Red Dead 2. Like it wasn't up there with them. It was cool, but it wasn't on their level if that makes sense sounds like it's just like a decent open world game but nothing like super special about it yeah pretty much it 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 has its fun but otherwise like it there's nothing really crazy i will say the biggest thing just like the same thing with origins the immaculate design of the worlds Mm -hmm. like the structures that resemble history they are amazing like props to them that is the biggest strength these games have to the point where they have those um the the discovery tours where it's like the full history lessons about all the stuff the world that stuff is amazing truly amazing like they do a fantastic job with that i love the shit out of that honestly and if you want to learn history right then and there you could do it in the game and it's like it's all spot on shit they're not trying to like make shit up it's fully uh history lessons you're getting from this shit so yeah Hmm. all right Oh, fuck. All right. Uh, two movies really fast. Lion uh, came out 2016. It's about a Indian boy in India played by Dave Patel, but not as a child, as an adult. Uh, he is working with his like brother for his mom and helping his like sister who's much younger because like they're, you know, they're really poor in a poor area of India. I forget which part, but he gets on a train and forgets to... He, he gets on a train by accident and can't get off and it takes him across the country huh. and he doesn't know the way back because he's like a five-year-old child. Uh. And so he's wandering. I think it's like he's in Bengal or Seneca. He's in some, he's like near the Bay of Bengal, I believe. Uh, I can't remember the specific spots, but it's based on a true story. And what happens is, like, uh, he escapes, like, child abductors, people that are straight up just catching kids on the street and, sorry, doing God knows what, probably selling them to the point where, like, a woman helps him. And you're like, oh, this is nice, but also feels too good to be true. And then brings in a guy who's like, oh, let me see your body. Cool. I'll be back later for you. And you're like, oh, no. And he runs from that, too. And you're like, run faster, please, for the love of God, get away from these people. And uh, he ends up in a school, like a, an orphanage, like it feels like a prison school, practically, honestly, by the layout. But he gets adopted by a family from Australia. Damn. He like, does he ever get back to his like original family? Well, he lives his full life over there. Like he's an adult Whoa. in Australia. He gets born and raised there. Uh, they also adopt one other kid from India who has, I, I want to say has some form of disorder or something, but... Uh, the kid, like they, the they're basically adopted brothers. Uh, he considers the kid a fuck up, and the, that kid also considers himself a fuck up. Where he has like issues with his head, and he just kind of stays away for the most part. But when he does, like he tries to, he like sort of tries, but then like his brother is also like, dude, why are you always fucking up? 
And the parents are like, please don't make things worse. Mm. And the parents. So, you know, Dave Patel is playing uh, the main character. The parents are played by uh, Nicole Kidman. And this is an even, this is great. Uh, the father is played by David Wayneham. You may know him as Faramir, James. And uh. also the the father in uh, Iron Fist, the villain in the first season. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So th- it's like them. And uh, Saru, that was his name. Saru was the name of uh, the, the character played by Dave Patel. And so he... The first, like, half of the movie is... Like, the third uh, half of the movie is just him as a kid trying to survive in India. And then the other half is him as an adult in Australia. He is, like, he gets a girlfriend who they get into, like, a very strong long-term relationship. And he still has, like, a good life with his family. But he finds out... Because there was, like, a specific food that him and his brother wanted when they were kids. And another... uh, person that was like from a group he was hanging out with was indian and he could they made those and he saw it and it all of a sudden took all of the dormant memories and made them come alive in his head and it fucks him up because it's like oh god i remember everything and he starts talking to everyone about it and they're like wait you you never like you lost your family and he's like yeah like all this shit and they're like oh you could try to find them and they're they start getting because they start getting to some fucking insane math like oh where did the train come from? What was the train? We could actually yeah. try to pinpoint like where originally, you know, like all this crazy shit about it. And he's like, no, nah, it's okay. That's too crazy. But then he does it anyway. So then he has like a fucking crazy cork board, like Charlie, Charlie cork board <laughs> of shit and trying to solve it. But because of it, it's eating up his life. He stops going to that job he has. He kind of loses his girlfriend in the process and it's eating him up inside. It's destroying him. It's making him more kind of aggressive to other people, including like his brother and stuff. And he doesn't tell anyone besides his girlfriend about it. Like his parents have no idea. So they don't know what the fuck is up with them. They're just worried as hell, worried the hell. And they're actually really, they're supposed to be pure good people. Like they're like, we just wanted to adopt because we felt we didn't need to bring more kids into this world when there are some that really need like love. And so that's why they adopt them and they just give them the best life that they can. And they really do. They do such a good job and it's amazing. And it's actually very heartfelt. And he actually finally figures out the location. And so he goes and he finally goes and tells his mom. Because, like, I guess his dad and a brother are off somewhere else. And they have this great heart-to-heart, which actually brought me to tears. It was, like, really beautiful. And I was like, fuck, this is too much. Uh, And he actually finds his mom. Oh, damn. He finds the village. And they're like, oh, my God. it's He's like, it's me. I can't really speak, you know, uh, Hindu anymore. I think that was the language specific because there's so many different languages and uh, they meet each other and she's like, oh, here's your sister, your little sister. She's like an adult now, too. And they're like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And he's like, where's my brother? And they're like that night. The reason why he never showed back up for you was he got hit by a train that very night. You got lost. And so he died way back then. And that was so I was like, fuck, dude, that's so sad. And it, dude, it was hard, man. It was fucking hard. I was like, God damn. But the movie itself, dude, it's so good. It's so fucking good uh, in terms of like the the acting and the connections they get from it. Otherwise, like there is some, in terms of the structure of the film itself, it kind of breaks down at points where it doesn't stay consistent and it kind of falls apart a bit. Mm. But otherwise, like if they 
just did better on that part that could have honestly i personally i feel like could have been an oscar uh nominee at that of that year if they had just better structured it uh because the acting was so super like dave patel and nicole kidman should have gotten awards for those films if they didn't i'm not too sure but they their performances were absolutely fantastic <sighs> okay and the last thing hidden figures uh do you know about the movie Hidden figures it was about the uh um, the black woman in nasa yeah. yeah so i watched that really good fantastic i think i watched that in the same night as lion i'm like fuck i feel emotionally demolished and i'm like i'm watching figures <laughs> <laughs> and it's you know even though it's about women breaking both race and gender barriers in the i believe is it 69 don't they go to the moon in 1969 uh you're asking the wrong person for history facts <laughs> I already forgot which thing it was, but there was some mission. It's either the late 60s or early 70s. That's yeah, all I'm I was always super think bad of. at like associating events with like what date they're actually from. Okay. But uh, they are in that point and each one is a specific strength. And uh, one is able to like manage everything. Like she actually catches the curb where... They're like, oh, you're all, all the black women work in a wing in an annex. So they're not in the main building. They have to like uh, go across to do anything or it's like a crazy big walk and whatnot. And they are kind of stuck doing specific work that's kind of menial, you could say. And once they bring in an AI computer thing and it's like, oh, shit, this thing is going to replace us. And I believe it's Octavia Spencer. I want to say it was Octavia Spencer that plays uh, that character. She goes and is like, oh, I I'm here to help like clean the place or whatever. And they're like, oh, okay, whatever. They let her in. And she looks around and goes, all right, let's see what you can do. And starts like looking at up all the manuals and reading all the shit about the computer and everything to the point where she masters it. And the guys, all these white tech dudes are like, we can't figure this shit out. And she's like, oh, I can do it. And... They're like, wait, how'd you do that? And they're like, she's like, oh, I just, I just know things, you know? <laughs> and she goes to the annex, brings like a bunch of the books and stuff that she learned from. And she's like, all right, ladies, start learning this stuff or else you're going to be out of a job. Like they're going to, that computer is going to replace all of you, but we can do something that they currently don't. And it's people that can manage that computer and run it, know how it works. They don't know how to do it. So if you can do it, you will have a new job and you'll be in the main building. So they all start learning it and everything else. And, you know, of course, there is parts of race where she has kids and they go to like to a library. And um, I believe it wasn't that it was either they're like, oh, we don't serve color. Like colors can't get stuff from the library or something. It was basically it was some form of racism that yeah. occurs and then occurs again on the bus. So there's multiple times of like seeing all the dealing with that to the point where she actually she steals the book from the library. And like, mom, did you just take the book? She's like, shush, <laughs> she takes the book. <laughs> i'm gonna return it later and i'm like dude that's that's what you got to do in that bullshit time and uh the other character is one's an engineer so she starts like uh working with the other engineers in the actual testing area where they're actually testing like the uh the pods and whatnot and she finally gets in there too and she actually needs to go back to school uh they're like oh you need to, if you want to be in here with us, even at the recommendation of the head scientist who wants you in here, because he's actually, they, they have like one of those German scientists, but he's not like the Nazi one. He's a Jewish one that escaped. And he's like, you're amazing. 
I want you on my team. And they're like, you can't be on his team unless you have a degree. And she's like, where can I get a degree? Oh, from the school, the school. Oh, we can't have you here. <laughs> and it's like, what? How the fuck is she supposed to get the job? Like, there's all the still more race yeah. barriers. So she actually wins a court case uh, by even like getting the, the the judge to be like, you'll be famous because you're the first one to allow this kind of thing. And he's like, all right, you can go to night school. And uh, it works. Like, it, it's amazing. They do such a good job with, like, each one has their own trial and tribulation of going through certain things to where they become what they need to be. And, like, the main one is in the, like, the the mind lab. Like, the people that are, like, all the main scientists in which uh, Bazinga Boy from, um, what's a young Sheldon's in there. But he's, like, regular age Sheldon. So what's his name? Uh, I think just Sheldon. Is that the adult Sheldon's name? Yeah. Is this Sheldon? I just assume he's also young Sheldon as an adult, too. I don't, I don't know. know. But he's there. He's like the antagonistic scientist that's like, we don't need you. Bazinga, bazinga. <laughs> and uh, you got Kevin Costner, I want to say, as like the head of that NASA facility. And there is like all this other shit that occurs. But overall, it's a great time. There's all this stuff about race. Mahersh Mahersh Ali is in there, too. And I'm like, anything that he's in, I'm like, oh, thank God. I just want to see him just appear. I always enjoy him so much. So definitely check out that movie, too. Hidden Figures is fucking awesome. And just actual history, too. Right. <laughs> All right, go. Persona 5. Like I said I'd yeah, be out of breath. Okay, so <sighs> I, God. I'm going to put a caveat on this. I'm technically, I have not rolled credits on Persona 5. But the score's a phony. But I, I'm technically, like, in the epilogue. I'm at the part where, like, I am supposedly the day before, like on the day before my character is supposed to go back home to where he like originally came from. Cause like the setup to this game is that like, I don't know. I don't understand how this works. Cause like the guy who framed you or whatever later on is like a big city, like politician or whatever, but whatever. Like, so you are sent off to like s literally the last school that will take you because you are accused before the game starts of uh like assaulting some guy and like in reality what happened was like he was drunk he was trying to like hit on some lady that was like not into it and was like literally just like please leave me alone or whatever and your character literally just, like, walks up to him and, like, puts his hand on his shoulder to be like, hey, what's going on? And the guy, like, drunkenly whips around and, like, stumbles and, like, falls and hits his head. And he's like, you bastard, I'll sue you. <laughs> and, like, what? Yeah. So, like, and somehow that, <clears throat> excuse me, somehow that guy had, like, connections to the cops or whatever and got you, like, literally, like, gave you, like, a criminal record of, like, now you are known as like someone who assaults people or whatever. And so, and I guess this is a thing in Japanese culture that like convicts are really just like highly stigmatized, like especially there. So like they, uh, so like my character didn't have to go to jail or anything, but he was on, he was given like a year probation or whatever instead and like as part of that probation he like obviously has to go to school and like try to prove that he could be up, an upstanding like person or whatever and the the high school that you end up in in like uh tokyo because this game like most of the other games take place in like small towns or whatever but like this game was like i think the first that actually took place like in like the a major city and 
because uh, like one of the major locations that you go to all the time is Shibuya, which is like a, a like a famous cr- uh, street crossing in Tokyo. Yeah, am I am I mixing up cities? I have no. I don't know. I, I'm not one to ask about uh, the, the the streets of Tokyo, fair, bro. Fair enough. It's it's like a super famous crossing that's uh, that's like referenced all the time because it's like, like, there like every time the lights change, it's just like a huge flood of people that just like completely uh block out the street or whatever. And it anyway, so so your character is like trying to lay low or whatever because he literally got like falsely accused of assault and somehow that guy actually got the charges to stick and now you are like stuck in like some random high school that's like literally just like we're you're we're your last shot if you act up you're you're going to juvie because you need to be like an upstanding like citizen and stuff like that and so like while you're at high school uh at this like uh, academy like shujin academy or whatever uh shit gets crazy because <laughs> like okay so this is like a thing in all the persona games where it's like half of the game is going to school and socializing with like various characters and stuff like that and then the other half is like a pretty standard rpg honestly like it, it's a turn-based rpg with like you know magic and in basic attacks and stuff like that uh enemies have weaknesses and, and whatnot but this the battle system i guess i'm getting ahead of myself uh you find out over the course of like going to this school or whatever it because like a, a random app appears on your phone that literally lets you just teleport or transport yourself to essentially the mental world and so what this is it's like it's an it's like a parallel reality that is affected by like the mental status of the people around it or whatever what yeah and so that's how they explain how there's like crazy ass dungeons in this game where like certain people will just have like such um like distorted views of the world that it will literally change like one location to like a completely different thing so like the first dungeon you go to is the school itself and but in the alternate world in in the metaverse it is a castle because there's this one teacher there who's like the head of the volleyball team and it's like an award-winning volleyball team or whatever or championship volleyball team but it's because this this coach kamashita which is like the first boss he is like straight up abusing his students and just like forcing them oh. to like train until they like literally are injured and pass out or whatever. Cause he's like, it, whatever, if you can't take it, then you're too weak to be on my team anyway. And uh, he, like, so he, because he was such a big shot uh, teacher at the school or whatever. And like, because he made the, the volleyball team famous or, or whatever, he started viewing himself as the king of the school and like the ca- the, ca- the castle or the school is his castle so that's why like that first dungeon was like that and what's interesting is like you meet up with this you find uh, you run into this character that's like kind of a mystery throughout the game because like it's a talking cat that swears it's a human although 
Oh, spoilers. So it's like Salem kind of, but like spoilers for the end of the game. And for like, I guess for anyone who, uh, doesn't want, who like still wants to get around to playing persona five at this point, even though it's been out for like a few years, uh, I guess look at the time codes to skip forward. But, um, he turns out not to be a human. And it's like, I don't know. There was a lot of weird revelations towards the end of the game that I was like, what? Okay. <laughs> um, but he teaches you all about the metaverse and like why it exists and like why different like castles or not the castles. They, he calls them palaces, like why they show up. And they're usually like the core of them is like whatever there's like some treasure that is what caused these people to have these distorted desires in the first place. Uh, like I think for Kamashita, it was like a trophy or some, some shit like that. And like for everyone, it's different. Uh, but what's interesting is that you as your group ends up being called the phantom thieves of heart. You, <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, they explain why the phantom thieves, it's like a reference to something else or whatever, but like, they have a phantom pain. So what you do is you go into the metaverse and you steal these people's, like, the treasure of their hearts. And this is going to sound really anime and weird. But what happens is if you steal the thing that is, like, causing them to have a distorted view of the world, then their distortion will disappear and they'll finally be able to, like, view their previous actions and stuff with, like, a different perspective or whatever. And so you essentially steal these people's, like, uh, I guess, not greed or whatever, but, like, you steal whatever was causing them to, like, ignore their own, like, actions or whatever. And they basically mm -hmm. just, like, they become overcome with guilt and they just confess to all their crimes. Oh, Because they're literally okay. just, like, all of a sudden they're, like, not interested in what they were doing before. So, like, as soon as we stole Kamashita's treasure, he was, like, Oh my god, I've been abusing these kids. What what the fuck what have I been doing? Oh my god. And he literally confesses everything. And throughout the game you get more and more people uh like joining your cause that like they're all students from like your school except for like one guy who's a student at like an art school or whatever. And like so he, one of my biggest complaints with this game is that it took a really fucking long time for them to even hint at the main story because for the long really for the longest time it's literally just like whoa the metaverse exists interesting hey adults are assholes we can steal their hearts and turn them into good people again and uh like part of the interest was just like learning more about the people that join your party and like there's there's so many interesting side characters. There's literally like something like 20 different characters that you can get to like know over the course of the game. Uh, Cause you spend. So the way that like each day works in this game is supposed to take place over the course of like a whole year. And it skips some time at times in like not every day is the same length. Like you could literally uh usually you have like a couple actions you could do each day you could do something like after school or in the af or in the evening if it's a day off and you then you could do something like at night and then like it goes mm -hmm. to the next day and depending on what you choose to do your days could either be like 
five minutes, five minutes, or if you go dungeon diving in like either a palace or there's like a, an ongoing dungeon throughout the game called Mementos, which is supposed to be like the, the collective unconscious, uh, palace, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, where like not everyone is, is self centered enough or like conceited enough to make their own like unique palace so everyone else just kind of shares one and it looks like the underground or whatever like the the subway stations and stuff like that for some reason uh and that ends up being really important at the end of the game actually but um so like i think it literally took me i because i kept checking my uh, my game save time like to to find the point where i like where i was like okay now i feel like i've finally gotten past like the intro where it's literally just like choosing random targets because we're kids who want to like you know make a name for ourselves and it's it's cool that we're stealing hearts and shit and people are like we have a fan club that's starting up and stuff like that at literally like 60 hours into this game holy shit is, is when all of a sudden they start hinting at like like literally one of your targets like as he's begging for his like life or whatever although you're not going to kill him you're just like stealing his treasure uh he's like no please don't kill me like and he's like we're not going to kill you he's like but what about the other one the one in black and they're and you're just like who and like literally that like that's the first time that they start to hint at like there's someone else that maybe has the power to enter the metaverse who's evil Oh, and that becomes, like, the main dude you have yeah. to fight at the oh, end? No, okay, to be fair, very early in the game, like, maybe five or ten hours in after you've gotten, like, established in school and stuff like that, there's, like, one short scene where, like, a subway, uh, like, a, a train engineer, like, seems to go crazy or whatever and just, like, derails a train in, in a station and, like, Ooh, hurts a bunch fun. of people. And you're, you're supposed to see that, like, clearly there's something wrong with him. And like literally i forgot about that shit and, and like <laughs> so like d- like dozens of hours later when they're like oh wait could someone else possibly have uh, and because like also real quick um the the cat person morgana explains that like if you actually choose to kill the mental version of like the person that you're trying to steal the treasure from because there's like uh there's like a metaverse version of everyone and uh so like if you actually kill that person's shadow or whatever the real person will have like a heart attack and just die or have like a mental shot oh damn so like we could use the metaverse to like just straight up kill people but we are choosing to just like have more perfect justice of like have them just confess their own crimes because they can't deal with the guilt uh but like Turns out there is someone else that has the power to go into the uh, the metaverse and he's using his powers for evil to like cause mental shutdowns and stuff like that. And it just dude, it took it takes so long for and they that was just like a hint. And it's literally like another like several hours before they start like giving you more and more clues. And like it. I kind of called it really early on that there was like a detective character like Goro Akechi who he was clearly he was like a kid detective but he was like a savant or whatever and he was uh trying to investigate the phantom thieves of heart 
and like expose them as like criminals because he's like yeah you're changing people's hearts and stuff but like you're doing it against their will and like that's technically wrong that's bad and good <laughs> yeah uh and so i was like okay i feel like this guy's gonna be really important to the story because like they're re- they really keep putting him in here and it turned out that he was the evil one that had like the oh. ability to uh, cause shutdowns what's a twist and he turned out to be working for the dude who fucked you over in the beginning of the game the drunk yeah because turns out that dude is like trying to become the new prime minister of japan and he literally was just like found this kid who had the ability to like cause mental shutdowns and stuff like that and like he's like oh and sent him to a school uh, he seemed to just like i don't think goro was in your school i think he was just like another like like a child detective i think he went to some other school but like whatever um also turned out goro was like that dude's son too (laughs) Like, oh turns my out god that dude had like a, an illegitimate son that he never knew about and goro was like i'll like once i like do his bid- bidding and make him prime minister i'll like f- expose myself for like who i am which is his like bastard son and like so he doesn't i guess have a scandal or whatever he'll be like under my control now or whatever uh and yeah so like goro uh turned out to be working for the evil guy who's like his name was like masayoshi shido or whatever and like he was basically just like uh didn't care about anyone unless you could like be of some use to him or whatever and he was just using goro's ability to cause like mental breakdowns and heart heart attacks and stuff uh as like oh this is a perfect crime who would ever believe that someone going insane or whatever or dying could be connected to me? Because, like, that's insane or, or whatever. Uh, but so and like the weirdest thing about the story is that like once you find like they really make it up to be that like that guy's like the final villain or whatever, because like oh it connects back to like the beginning of the game where like he he was the one that fucked you over and like he's the one that's the most deserving of of being like punished by the phantom thieves of heart because like he literally doesn't care about anyone and he's trying to become the prime minister of japan and if if japan has a leader like that we're like gonna be fucked uh and you beat him and nothing happens and like oh. weird shit starts to happen where like the general public starts to just kind of like forget that you even exist for whatever for whatever reason and like the whole game there's this like fan site going on that like you can see your popularity like growing throughout the game until like a certain point where your popularity like crashes or whatever when you're you're framed for stuff uh but then like but this is like something different where like people just seem to literally move on to the next story and it's, it's very much a commentary on today's society where like something absolutely horrible could happen and then people are like oh that's terrible next news story please because like i'm bored now i want the next thing and oh. and so like you start to just like kind of leave the public eye somehow and you're like and everyone's like i don't understand like we changed shido's heart like he confessed on national television that he's a criminal and that he like shouldn't be prime minister but people still want him to be prime minister like people still want things to keep going as they are like what's going on here 
and this is where the story gets even weirder because this it's one of those things where like they i thought they had a really good like final villain set up and then they're like no never mind here's a thing that comes out of absolutely fucking nowhere that's the real true villain of the game that like what? wasn't mentioned ever and i was just like i'm the real bad yeah, guy hey. it was so weird so like you get this idea that like huh well maybe since we didn't change anyone's mind to like you know rethink shido as president or prime minister or whatever maybe we should change everyone's hearts and so we were like we need to get to the bottom of mementos which is like the the dungeon that you've been unlocking like bits of throughout the game and you get all the way down to the core and you're supposed to steal the public's treasure and somehow that's gonna like make everyone wake up and also it'll have the byproduct of like destroying mementos itself because every time you steal someone's treasure their uh their palace crumbles so it's like this thing was like oh this will literally be your last job ever because if you do this you won't be able to go into the metaverse anymore and so you can't you can't be phantom thieves anymore uh and you basically are all like well it'll be worth it because we'll have like literally saved society or whatever and so you get all the way down there and there's a, a literal holy grail. In, oh no. All the way at the bottom of this like giant prison where like everyone there is just like, it turns out all the people that you've been seeing, like all the shadows you've been seeing getting onto trains and like leading deeper and deeper into mementos. They've been leading to this prison where everyone is just like there and they're kind of just like, yeah, whatever. It's okay. Like I'm like, I'm fine being in this prison because that way I don't need to make any choices for myself. And it's like a commentary on society where like nowadays people would rather be kind of subjugated than have to like deal with the stresses of making their own decisions and stuff like that. Yep. And then like, so you're like, okay, well the, the grail is like way too big to steal. So we'll just destroy it. And then it starts to talk. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, you found me now. yeah. So like turned out the grail was some sort of God that was conjured up by society itself as an attempt society made me what i am today yeah, it's something like that where it's like and i was really confused if it was like a god that was answering society's calls or it was like a god that was created by like the mass subconscious of man like wishing for someone to just like take control of everything or whatever and they do an interesting thing where like you actually straight up lose like it just it be it beats you and oh. like merges mementos with reality and like so it's like raining blood all the time and everyone's just kind of like going about like normal because it's because <laughs> again it's like oh it's like whatever they don't want to think about it they they don't want to acknowledge that like the world is is like going to hell because like that's too difficult to deal with or whatever yeah and like the like this thing like almost kills you it like literally it erases you from reality because it's like i've now merged re uh reality with mementos and everyone is for like i have made sure that everyone forgot about you and so if you're not even the people that you i guess made friends with at the school uh yeah and like including the people in, on your team because it's like no one remembers the Phantom Thieves of Heart anymore because they don't care. And if you're not in anyone's minds, then you can't be in this reality. And then, like, uh, some shit happens where, you, like, you didn't 
quite completely disappear and you save all your friends and you get like another shot at fighting this guy and it turns into like a giant god (laughs) and it's literally like the god of control and it's just saying how like humanity just like wishes to be enslaved because it doesn't want responsibility and you're just like well fuck you though (laughs) like we're gonna save society anyway and like it does this like really cool thing where like where all else like as you're about to beat the boss it like is just like yeah you know what i'm done (laughs) and it just destroys you and you like somehow like the people that you influence throughout the game like they start cheering you on and like the crowd starts cheering you on too because they're like they can see what's going on now because you somehow like woke up enough people that like it's kind of like a chain reaction and people literally like the whole world starts to uh praise you and it's like and this is the first time in the in the game where the like do you believe in the phantom thieves like meter that like showed up in all the loading screens? Like it almost gets to hundred percent at one point. And that's when your popularity crashes because you're accused of a murder. Uh, This is like the first time in the game where it actually reads hundred percent. And I was like, Oh fuck yeah. hundred (laughs) percent. So it does have that. It has good gratification when you get through it. And so like, and so throughout the game, your all your characters, like if you, all the people on your team, if you get them to like max, companion level or whatever you call it like uh like if you get your friendship to like the max level with them their personas actually like evolve into a more powerful form and so now it happens for your persona and it turns into like a giant like anti-version of the giant god oh my god holy shit this is fucking amazing (laughs) and it's like literally it only gives you one option for like a move and it's just like you do one persona uh move and it's just like a single bullet i think it was called like sin shell and it's like a single bullet that can pierce even a god and holy shit and your your uh persona pulls up a giant gun and just like shoots god in the face and i'm just like holy shit dude this is amazing god damn like so on, i went to the wrong high school yeah so it's like on the one hand like this this final villain kind of comes out of absolutely fucking nowhere and i'm just like i don't i don't know if they really needed this last chapter but that was a pretty amazing crescendo if i'm gonna be honest and yeah like i, I kind of started talking about it a little while ago I, I just one last thing on like the combat system in general though is just like it what makes it different from like a generic turn-based rpg is that like they really lean into you uh taking advantage of enemies weaknesses and stuff so if you balance Mm -hmm. your team out to have like as many different damage types as you could deal as possible you can because they give you like an extra move every time you hit some uh, some enemy's weakness and if you play that outright you could take out an entire party of like enemies uh like without them ever hitting you because you could literally just like hit all their weak uh, weak points and just like, uh, I guess stun them and then do what's called like a, a hold up move where you just like kind of do an all out attack. And I don't know, it's just it's really satisfying to just be like, oh, I know exactly what moves to do to hit all the weaknesses, so the enemy like never even touches me. But at the same time, they can do that too. So if you're not careful, like you can get wrecked. 
Damn. And so like some of these okay. boss fights are like super hard. So, like sometimes enemies will have like the perfect combination of like abilities that just makes it just a headache to deal with. But I don't know. It's like I this is probably the first Persona game that I've actually finished. And, and again, caveat, I'm like getting through the epilogue. So I'll probably ro- roll through credits in like the next 10 minutes, hopefully. But uh, it like I don't know, it, it's a very good game. Like if you're into JRPGs at all, like the Persona series is phenomenal. And I, I just really like Persona 5. Like even just like besides the story being interesting and, all, and wanting to know more about all the characters in the game, because like they, every character has their own little side story that's super interesting. That's like one of the reasons why I like Mass Effect 2 was I, I liked learning about all the side characters. But like this game just has crazy style all over the place like really bright colors like even the main menu screen has like this kind of like weird silhouette of the main character like holding his hand up to the camera and just it just for some reason it just has the words off to the side don't look at me like that and it like oh my god it's so weird and like the the kind of cel shaded style of the game it just it from top to bottom this game like oozes style not not to mention like the i'm not usually into jazz but like this game like all the music is basically like jazz and it works so well for it it's really weird how well it works damn well i'm glad you liked it dude i i've never because it's is it turn-based or is it actually so like that's the thing i don't i don't think you'd ever probably want to play it because i i know you're not that into turn-based rpgs and this game also really heavily leans into like the anime aspect of it so some of the shit like Brandon described the dialogue as like cringy and like definitely a lot of it can feel like that for sure. Oh, Moncada? Yeah. Oh, well, he hates anime though. That's, that's uh, like okay. A, so yeah, he, he doesn't like anime. Okay. That's fair. Like, like that's probably why he wasn't into it. So like if you're into anime and if you're into JRPGs, this is definitely like an amazing like cross between the two like genres. I mean, it sounds honestly, besides, in terms of, like, I mean, that whole aspect of, like, oh, it's a game where you're kind of at school doing school shit, too. Like, there's a lot of that, right? Yeah. Like, where it's just, like, do and school stuff. That, that aspect has always interested me, because, I mean, that's why I'm so interested in, um, when we finally get Hogwarts Legacy. Yeah. And that's the weird thing. It's, like, it's so weird to describe why I like playing Persona, because it's, like... Yeah, you go to school and you ha- and you hang out with friends and stuff, and then you go dungeon dive. <laughs> yeah, I oh, guess just how I remember school. And like to be fair though, like this game is long. I mean, like like I said, I'm like about to roll credits, and my runtime is like 130 hours. Ooh, yeah, I'm good. So I'm good. like, I'm just like after all the long games I've been playing recently, that's the thing. it is I'm, an investment. And at this point, I'm like, I still really enjoy it. But I just want to be done with it so I can play something else and feel good about it. I mean, it's if from many shows I've listened to and other stuff where people talk about they play Persona, it sounds like a game where it felt like they were talking about it for a very long time. Where it's like, oh, they were playing this for a while. Yeah. Like, this isn't something, it doesn't sound like something you play through completely without playing anything else. They do like, a it pretty sounds good like job. you take breaks. Yeah, they do a pretty good job of having like recaps to the story up to a certain point if you like dropped off at some point oh uh, do you think is there does it seem like it has like kind of intermission points where it's like end of act whatever oh, yeah, no, and the, then the, like you could stop you're like oh i'm gonna stop here and i'll return yeah definitely like once you steal someone's treasure and they like admit to their crimes and stuff like that's definitely like 
an end to a chapter. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds more manageable than it's just like, it seems like, I mean, it's like, I guess it's looking at like, I guess games like destiny two were constantly playing yeah, that forever. And it never stops. Practically. <laughs> Whereas this is at least like there is an endpoint, you just have to treat it like that, where you're like, yeah. oh, do a certain amount, and then you take a break and play some other. And shit. And that's the thing, like yeah. I've started and stopped this game like at least two or three times, and it's so unfortunate to me that like I only have the base version of the game, and I like I almost want to get the royal version just because like I like this game so much that I'd like to see the. Is there more story content? Yeah, that's the thing. There's like a whole other semester added to the game, apparently dude you're missing out on school what are you doing yeah. you should probably get it honestly you should probably get I, do, it. <laughs> I do want to play it because like apparently the the royal version the trophies are like a little bit more manageable and like more platinumable because like there's a lot of tedious shit in the base game of persona fives uh and the, the also you can't do like a deluxe edition upgrade type thing because it's technically like a different game so they don't so you have to start over yeah from so the if beginning? i were to buy it again i'd, I'd, I'd have to start over again. oh god so like is that why people are basically like just start with the that yeah, version so like, like get the golden is it because is, is it persona four golden and then persona five royal yeah okay yeah. so like if gotcha. if you didn't skip the, to the end of the time code and you are not turned off from playing this from already knowing how it goes like i would definitely say just like get the the uh the royal version because it does sound like the definitively better version of the game okay With like a little bit of extra content a little bit more like quality of life stuff apparently that like were kind of minor annoyances uh i don't know what those are but like i just remember blessing jr on uh, kf uh, talking about that at some point um okay but yeah god this game is long <laughs> dude I, I get it and it's like i think that's honestly all we got time for too uh oh my god we, <laughs> dude it was my odyssey talk and then your persona talk that's what really like that we talked about four things today oh yeah also it's got a little bit of <laughs> it's got a little bit of pokemon in it too <laughs> what i don't even want to know literally all the enemies in the game you can negotiate into being like new personas for your main character because your main character has the ability to like he he apparently is unique where and i think the idea is because he's supposed to be a blank slate character so he could be anything like every all your other uh, characters have like a specific persona that is theirs throughout the whole game until it like evolves or whatever but your main character can have like a roster of personas that he can switch through throughout the uh each match or each battle which mm -hmm. makes it so that like if you get like a good variety of personas you can cover like all the damage types just to be covered uh or make a bunch of ones with like buffs and stuff like that if you want uh but like what because of that there's like a whole compendium of all the enemies in the game they're all optional personas and so there's a little bit of that pokemon gotta catch them all like feeling of like oh, I can't finish this dungeon until I've captured all the different types of personas in here. Oh, I, I got to go to the velvet room and fuse more personas because the compendium is fucking huge. And that's one of the trophies that I'm just like, I it would take so long to grind out to, to get all the personas in this game. And that's one of them is like, uh, that's one of the trophies is get all the personas. Uh, I'm just like, 
no thank you <laughs> and, and apparently the yeah i'm gonna off the series and, and apparently the royal version is not quite so like annoying like that tedious yeah. okay they, they, i guess they fit you know it's not okay so they fin fix some aspects yeah. of the that makes sense so why why did you have this one and not that one because i like curiosity. i bought this literally like before the royal version came out and that's how long it took me to finish this game oh my god you should have literally wait was it physical or digital it's digital <laughs> Uh, you should have just bought Royal and just been like, nah, Dude, I got this so close so many times. Like at some point it was like half off. It was 30 bucks and it, but I was like literally several months into the game again. And I was just like, I don't want to oh, do it again. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's like, I'm not even going to bother. I, I got like in one hour into Death Stranding and I'm like, you know, what? I'll wait till PS5. Yeah, that's probably good. Director's Cut comes out. Yeah. I, I'm very curious actually if I have to buy it again or if it's like a free upgrade I re- if it, i have to buy it i'll be honest if i have to buy it again i'm completely fine yeah with it. I'm like fuck it i don't care i'm kind of same i like i have a physical version so i don't know how i would get like an upgrade unless it's literally one of those things where you just put it in your playstation that they're like oh we'll let you download the ps5 version i mean the the ps4 version of cyberpunk the physical copy literally on the box says free upgrade to ps5 yeah so. i just don't know how they're gonna do that but like yeah, when we get there, yeah. they're like, we're satisfied with it now. But, you know, that's another conversation for a different time. Uh, but that, that's been uh, Sutra Side Talk. Backlog special number eight, uh, Dry Heat, which I almost want to rename Persona Odyssey. Yeah. <laughs> I would maybe should just rename it to that. Uh, or, yeah, what do you think? Persona Odyssey? Yeah, that actually sounds better. <laughs> yeah, we'll, do, we'll make that the title. Uh, Persona Odyssey, yeah. Uh, I hope you enjoyed us going insane on two crazy ass i think those are the biggest games on our respective list like all my other games aren't as the next big one is probably days gone and jedi fallen order and we're not getting to those for a bit but also they're not as big as as odyssey so i think they'll be much the the conversations will still be big just you know not as big as odyssey's because odyssey's was just like mindfuck uh yeah so if you guys want to write into us, sutrasidetalk at gmail.com. You can. Uh, feedback, comments, any questions you want us to read on the show, uh, send us a question. We could read that question on the show and answer it. Uh, once again, that is at sutrasidetalk at gmail.com. And of course, all of the info here will be in the show notes as well, besides the time code. Uh, you can also follow the show on uh, Instagram and Twitter at sutrasidetalk. You can follow James on Twitter at invadergym124. And you can follow me on Twitter at GoGoComzilla. And of course, please subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to. And if it's Apple Podcasts, please give it a five-star review. Uh, That would be fantastic. And also, of course, share it word of mouth with anybody. That would be great. Uh, Or share it on social media. Uh, Anything like that can always help us, considering this is a free show that has no ads at the moment. Uh, But until next time, guys, we will catch you with another regular episode. And later on in July, we will have another backlog special and maybe we'll get more than four things done we'll see but so long thanks for listening